Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Welcome into Pittsburgh Training Camp Live, where we bring you all you need to know throughout the preseason and uh, training camp this NFL season. I'm your host, Kale Berger, joined by our Steelers insiders from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. It's Jeff Hathorne. It's Jim Colony, as always. Guys, we finally have some football to talk about. Jeff, you were there in Canton for the game last night. The Steelers a 16-3 uh, win over the Dallas Cowboys in their first preseason game. They're one of two teams playing four preseason games this year, so they get an extra one with the shortened preseason. Uh, guys, I want to... A lot to break down with this game, obviously, but also a lot of stuff that people and us included will probably overreact to. Let's start with uh, <laughs> Najee Harris. We got our first look at Najee Harris in a Steelers uniform. We no longer need to make photoshops or edits to see what it looks like. He was in the uniform and he looked great. Um, and we saw our first look at him on the field as well. Uh, Jim, I'll start with you. What were your impressions of Najee Harris uh, last night in about the quarter or so or a little over a quarter that he got to play? Well, I... I he looked about like I thought he would. You know, it would have been nice, I guess, if Steeler fans had been able to see him rip off a longer game. What was his longest game? Like six yards. But, you know, what Mike Tomlin said both before – thank you, Jeff. What Mike Tomlin said before and after the game said the same thing. He said he wanted to see Najee Harris make the routine plays routinely, and I thought he did that. Now, we also saw what's going to happen when the guys in front of him don't block for him. And that's he's going to get stuffed at the line of scrimmage or maybe lose a yard or two. So I, I kind of saw what I expected. Maybe I wanted a little bit more, although I actually wanted a little bit less because I thought two series would have been enough. I I enjoyed everything I saw from Najee Harris, even the four yard loss, which, you know, wasn't his fault. I thought he did this that that impressed me. He didn't try to dance around and make every play a huge play. He took what was there. He took the holes. And even when holes weren't there, he tried to push the pile forward, uh, which I think was a lot better than him if he would have tried to dance out on every play, trying to make a home run. Uh, I think that speaks to him, and I think that's good news for the Steelers. So I think at times you saw with Snell, Samuels, other guys who filled in for Le'Veon Bell or those that watched Le'Veon Bell thought, okay, I'm going to be able to bounce this to the outside or I can dance at the line of scrimmage. You can't 
offensive line. And what they're being told is they just want to maul people up front. And Harris went in. Sometimes, you know, there were three six-yard games, which seemed like 16-yard games compared to what we saw last year. Uh, but even the times where he took loss or had very little gain, I liked the approach that he had. And I think that was a, as good as anything to have mindset after the first game. Yeah, that's a that's a really good observation, Jeff, because I think we see that from young running backs. You could get away with stuff like that in college where you can and, – and I know Le'Veon Bell would – <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, actually, Alabama, he didn't need to do that against most of the teams that they played. But but a lot of college guys figure, OK, I, I did this in college. It'll work in the pros. It doesn't even in, even in preseason games against other guys that may have trouble making their teams. That's a good observation. Jim, you said that you thought that they left him in a little too long. Je- uh, Jeff, do you feel the same way that maybe Mike Tomlin left him in the game a little for too many series? Probably two would have sufficed. Yeah, it, it, I know what what when what happened to Chase Claypool. um sure everybody's just like, oh, I'll get that guy out. And I understand that. Uh, I do want to see him more. I want to see him get some opportunities behind what we hope to be the starting offensive line if they can be able to get together and play in a game. I, I do want to see some more of that. I think he still has uh, some room to grow, and I don't think it – I mean, hey, can't live in your fears. So I, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't mind I've to see that. him. Yeah. I wouldn't mind to see him in all the preseason games, even if it's for a short period of time. Yeah, you know, I, I think that I it got to past two series and I started to think, why, why is he still there kind of thing, especially because he had had about seven carries or so at that point. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how much he is going to play as this preseason goes on. If, you know, in game two, he plays just two series. If he plays none in the fourth preseason game, uh, I'm anxious to see, you know, how they kind of balance that as the preseason here moves on. You talked about the offensive line, guys, so I want to switch to that right now. You know, none of the – Really, the starting unit was out there. Uh, you, you didn't have Tuxa Cora for still no Zach Banner. Um, but Dan Moore Jr. in at left tackle, I thought he actually had a pretty good performance. And he showed some athleticism as well, especially on some of those wide receiver screens, getting out there, using some some athleticism. And the Steelers didn't allow any sacks while he was in the game either. So, Jeff, what do you think of um, of Dan Moore Jr.'s performance there at left tackle? I thought Dan Moore was was average which isn't bad. I mean, that's a step I mean, up. Right. Yep. There are, there are yep. people that know a lot about football that think Dan Moore's roster spot is in jeopardy. Uh, so I thought he performed fairly well. I mean, again, it's not Dallas's, you know, first string offense and it's all not those the Marcus Lawrence across from him, but, but given what we had seen at times in camp, just the fact that he blocked NFL players or potential NFL players was was a step up. I thought he was pretty good last. You, you know what's interesting, Jeff, is that, and I don't know if you agree with this. You know when I saw when I saw Dan Moore Jr. in OTAs, they weren't doing you know football in shorts. I thought, man, this guy's terrible. Um, and yet he seems to he's gotten better with pads on. And yeah. and you know maybe that's maybe that speaks to what they want the offensive lineman to do and to be more aggressive. But I, uh, to, he's and and again, like you said, average. And to me, that's a step up. And yet at the same time, I thought this guy's getting better. The more work he gets yeah. in pads, to me, the better he is. And and I, I that's got to be a positive sign at least. I know that Mike Tomlin doesn't like MMA, uh, but I like the streak in him that he was willing to get into a fight with, like Cam Hayward, who. If he has another couple of good years, might also be in Canton one day. I mean, I mean that he's not afraid of that, and he comes from the SEC. Uh, I, I kind of like that. Now he has to harness it, and he's got some work to do. I, I think the best thing for Dan Moore is this: that he 
is on the roster, but this is a redshirt year. I think he needs a year yeah. to grow. But, you know, at least we saw something on film against someone, not the Steelers. Yet. He's year. like Chooks was a few years ago. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. And the other guy, the other rookie along the <clears throat> offensive line who got the start, that would be center Kendrick Green. You know, what really stood out to me was the first play. That first, uh, you know, kind of big gain. It was a six or five yard gain. I think it was the six yarder you alluded to, Jeff, for Najee Harris, his long of the day. Uh, everyone was watching Najee Harris. I tend sometimes to also look at the offensive linemen as well. And and Kendrick Green absolutely buried somebody. You know, drove them four yards back, put him on the ground, laid on top of him, and had some nasty words to say after the fact as well. Uh, Jim, what did you think of Kendrick Green in there? I mean, he didn't seem to have any mental lapses, missed calls, and he, he showed some some fight in him as well. I thought he was okay. Um, and I guess, you know, that, that's one of those things sometimes. And, and we weren't there weren't a whole lot of replays last night. Uh, there were some, yeah. but they spent so much time interviewing the Hall of Famers. And that's what it is. It's a showcase yeah. for that. And so I kind of made my own replays at times. I thought he was I thought he was good. Um, you know, I mean, B minus, maybe C plus. But what do you expect from a rookie? And, and I, I think he's going to start. Um, you know, with, with, I know Hassenauer is healthy now. He ran with the twos. Maybe they'll flip it around when they when they move into when they move into the second or the second week between games this weekend. But um, I think Kendrick, I think he's off to a pretty good start. He's not pouncy. Wears the same number, but uh, but I think he's off to a good start. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a pancake block as a center, I mean that's that's something to build on. And there were no botch snaps. Uh, yeah. No issues it, it appeared on the line now i know they're, they're probably not doing calls like they would if, if pouncy were the center uh but still i thought he never looked uh, from our distance he never looked overmatched or that he, he couldn't handle he seemed comfortable in the huddle from our standpoint and yeah like the rest of the line it was it wasn't great you know if, if you're looking at the offensive line from the group they had five years ago and you saw that performance there would be major concern but from where they were last year, it's like, hey, that wasn't bad. Nowhere to go but up. Uh, Kale Burger <laughs> here on Pittsburgh Training Camp Live every Monday and Friday, 10 a.m. on the Odyssey app throughout Steelers Training Camp with our Steelers insiders, Jim Colony and Jeff Hathorne from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. And, guys, let's get to the burning question, I think, and the burning discussion that everyone wants to talk about, that being the number two quarterback job on this team. We I saw you are going to say punter. Well, whoa, 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 you know, a good tease by you. That'll come. That'll come eventually. <laughs> uh, but uh, Mason Rudolph gets the start. Dwayne Haskin comes in kind of halfway through the second quarter and then into the second half. Uh, Mason Rudolph, I thought, started off pretty well. He looked in command of the offense. He made some nice throws, especially on that, like, 12-yard out to Chase Claypool, also the, the 45-yarder to Chase Claypool. But he had some 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 warts as well. He had the the botched uh, fake on the, on the, on the uh, zone read or the jet sweep. And he had the big miss to James Washington. Jeff, what did you think of Mason Rudolph's performance before we kind of address Haskins here in a little bit? I thought it was solid. Uh, the turnover, I mean, it depends on how you weigh the turnover. I mean, that turnover in a game could be the decider. So you could look at that botched handoff and say. And they were in the red zone. Right. That That's a play that could have cost you a game. So I I, I get that that's an important thing to to point out here, but. Man, I mean, he had the drop from Claypool on a really nice pass on third down and had the great yeah. go route to Claypool. I thought that was a beautiful throw. Uh, he looked in command, not that I wouldn't expect him to. Uh, looked comfortable, uh, rolled out a couple of times. And, and again, made, made some nice, any dangerous throws. 
uh, that I can recall at all. Uh, the only, you know, he didn't finish drives. I think that was the biggest thing. And, you know, both quarterbacks are working behind a, a makeshift offensive line, but uh, I thought Mason, especially if this were a year that you're looking at starters, maybe I view it a little bit more critically, but uh, I thought he was, he was solid. Yeah. The botched handoff that almost, I don't know, seemed to me like maybe Claypool started earlier. There was a mix up with the snap with, with on Claypool's part with the snap count. Like he was there a count too early yeah. uh, for when the ball got there. But anyway, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like a no harm, no foul. Other than it, it, it was a similar frustration. I think when, when Ben Roethlisberger was interviewed on Fox, it was right about, you know, and he was asked, well, how do you think they look? And he's like, well, I think they're doing okay. They're moving the ball. And then realized that it was three, nothing at the time and they hadn't scored any points. And, and, and that is a, for, you know, second string or not, that's a familiar problem for Steeler fans and something that they're obviously going to have to get worked out. And what about Dwayne Haskins? He comes in after Mason Rudolph and, you know, he didn't really push the ball down the field vertically all that much. He used his legs a little bit in athleticism to extend some drives. I did think I was impressed by just the power in his arm, the zip that he showed in some throws. I mean, Jim, I, I heard you mention earlier today that he was flat-footed at times, kind of throwing off his back foot, but he still got it out there. Um, but he also, I think most importantly, didn't turn the ball over and led the Steelers on two scoring drives. Yeah, I – Again, when you put other another team out in front of him, you can see this in, in training camp practices when it's Steelers against Steelers. When when it's individual stuff, him throwing to a receiver is yeah. one thing. And then when you put a defender out there, it's a little bit different. Then when you put a few defenders out there, it's a little bit different. You put 11 on 11, and, and, and it can be a lot different. He's gotten better in that regard, but this is an instance where you put another team out there. Uh, that that they they're going to play it differently than what he's seen his own defense his own team's defense play uh, in 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 a, in a preseason practice. So I, it's a work in progress. Again, I, I there were flashes, the things that you like. I, I didn't like throwing off the back foot. And I know Jeff, you you mentioned in in your story about the checkdown that I, I didn't realize that was Mike Tomlin's nickname for him. But yeah. you see a lot of inexperienced quarterbacks do that. And even in training camp practices where they'll, they'll, they'll kind of bail out and not stick with it. And yet at the same time, you've got an offensive line in front of him, which is even a second stringers or, or a lower string than, than the guys that were in front of Mason Rudolph, which is second string to begin with. And he's, you know, the pass rush is coming at him and he's got to make decisions quickly. And that's something you can, you can look for him to learn here from, from preseason game one to preseason game two. Jeff, if yeah. I can jump in here uh, real quick to, to Jim's point there. I think both guys look pretty poised behind these offensive lines. And I think the offensive lines actually did an okay job in pass protection. But I think both guys, even when things started to break down, both showed a lot of poise there in the pocket and, and, and collected themselves and, and were pretty good in, the, in those aspects. Jim, uh, Jeff, what do you, what did you think of Haskins? Yeah, I thought, the, and I thought the poise was more important for Haskins to show than Mason, uh, just because yeah. it's his first game. There's, you know, stories about him, obviously, and what were his relationships like in Washington and how did he handle everything? So from that standpoint, I thought he did well. He didn't, he, like Rudolph, didn't make any dangerous throws. Uh, so that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, Mike Thomas ripping him about the check downs, uh, but I'm sure he's also told over and over again, don't force a pass, check it down. Uh, and he did a, a fine job with that. You know, he talked a good game heading into it about how he really wouldn't be nervous and he was very confident. I'm sure once he got in there, the nerves were going. He's thinking about all this stuff. Yeah. And he gunned a couple of passes, uh, one to Washington, that he yeah. didn't need to. I mean, I think that's something in his game that that is still maturing, is knowing when to take a little heat off 
those passes, especially those short ones. I'm anxious to see him take some shots downfield. I don't know if those plays are really called, and that's why uh, I would love to see him get an opportunity with Chase Claypool. Yep. Um, with those guys, and, and maybe everybody, no, I don't want to see Claypool in a preseason game. But, uh, I want to see him get some shots down the field. Do you think he'll do that, Jeff? Do, do, do you think he'll he'll even if Ben even if Ben plays in in the, in the second preseason game, you could still bring Haskins in before before Rudolph. I guess it would be another thing though if you actually started him, then you know then that creates the uh, right. you know, quarterback and, controversial buzz. And that's what uh, this quarterback controversy or whatever we want to call it, competition it really is competition. <laughs> yes, thank it, you. It Kevin. really isn't in a. It's still a competition. And probably not even a competition if Mason Rudolph were to start the second game, let's say. But if Dwayne Haskins starts, Tom can explain it off all he wants, uh, but he wants to see him with that first team, which tells me it, even if he's not going to be the backup this year, uh, there is truth to what Haskins told us earlier in the week, that there was some talks about his future with this organization and potentially taking over for Ben Roethlisberger, and they want to see him. Uh, but again, I don't, I don't know how much that first team – He's going to see and remember last night, guys. I mean, neither of the quarterback, their top two tight ends. And those yeah. are guys that in a Matt Canada offense are very important. Absolutely. Kale Berger here on Pittsburgh Training Camp Live on the Odyssey app every Monday and Friday at 10 a.m. With our Steelers insiders, Jim Colony and Jeff Hathorne of 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Read all of their coverage at 93.7thefan.com. And, guys, let's switch to the defensive side. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me early on in this game was the linebackers in the middle of the field, especially Robert Spillane. I thought he had some trouble trying to guard the, the running backs, the slot receivers of uh, of the Cowboys. Is that something that's concerning to you that, you know, obviously Devin Bush wasn't out there, but even when Robert Spillane and Devin Bush are out there together, that he might be a guy that, similar to how Vince Williams was, could be targeted by teams. And, and I thought that last night he was kind of always looking at the back of some guy's jersey. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, oh, you're good. I, I agree. Um, you know, I had a coach tell me once in uh, in middle school football, Hathorne, <laughs> it'd be nice if you like tackled somebody where you saw the front of them for once instead of always chasing after them. And I and I thought of that with Spillane. You know, there are a couple of, <laughs> of routes where he was, you know, he was just chasing. And yeah, he had four tackles, uh, and he made those tackles, but they were after gains. Uh, I, I thought those guys got got pushed around. Ulysses Gilbert had a huge, which everyone could see, and I I felt for him because the timeout happened after, and he's walking around, you know, where your helmet's like halfway off your head, and Osowski comes up to him, but you could tell he he knew the gravity of that one miss. Uh, Marcus Allen, I didn't think was was very good. I mean, they have some issues in the middle of that defense. Yeah, I, I thought I Gilbert was a guy that I had kind of targeted in my mind to watch. I thought he, you know, it was it was a, he's one of the guys that you know has a chance uh, to 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 make the team. May, may make the team anyway based on special teams and his experience. And yet, you know, he didn't have a preseason a year ago. He gets hurt, and he's been hurt off and on. Now he's healthy, and uh, it was a good chance. You know, it's not like you can lose a job in the first preseason game. But you can take a step towards securing a position on the team. And Ulysses Gilbert certainly did not do that last night. I think based on what he did last season, that Spillane is safe. But that's just one of those things you you look at as a concern coming in, and it's no less of a concern now. Do you think there's enough depth in the inside linebacker spot there? Do they need to go out and try to – 
find another guy, maybe similar to how they added Melvin Ingram, find another veteran in there that just in case, you know, uh, hopefully not, this is not the case that someone gets hurt or, or they need to switch something up schematically. Uh, do you think they need to go out there and add another inside linebacker to go behind Devin Bush and Splain? You know, maybe even a guy like, I believe, Avery Williamson, who was there last year. Well, year, it's funny, funny you should mention him because, yeah, I was going to say like Avery Williamson and then bring him in and not play him because yeah. that's basically what happened last year. Yeah. Um, and and then even as, as things went along, I thought, okay, once he gets used to the system, they'll get him in. And, you know, I don't think he'd come back here now. I guess any port in a storm. But but his experience here last year did, did not go well, if for nothing else, that they didn't really play him. I would imagine they're keeping those channels open with Williamson. I mean, he is a tackle collector. I think at times uh, he's making tackles looking at backs of jerseys, but he does make tackles. He's not – obviously he's not a – a, uh, a choice that you want because every team has had the opportunity for months to sign him and nobody has. But if you find what, what is it that Kevin Colbert said a, a couple of weeks ago that he felt they didn't have depth issues. He felt they had experience issues that they had guys that could play the position, but just haven't had experience. Well, the first experience of this year did not go well. Uh, and this is the first time from playing a game middle linebacker because there was no preseason last year. Jim mentioned the injuries with Ulysses Gilbert. So I'm willing to give them, you know, another game or two to see if there is improvement. Uh, but obviously that is a, an area much like a, a lot of people thought an area of concern depth wise. Yeah. I, I thought Marcus Allen is, I, I thought he's looked pretty good at camp in the camp practices at, at least at times in certain individual drills. But I, last night I didn't really notice him. It's certainly in a positive frame. You're watching Pittsburgh Training Camp live here on the Odyssey app. Kale Berger with our Steelers insiders from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, Jim Colony and Jeff Hathorne. And Jim, I think no one stood out more and was more impressive on the defensive side, especially than Alex Highsmith uh, last night. That spin move that he put on the uh, tackle for uh, for Dallas was textbook. It was beautiful. It was violent. Uh, what did you think of Alex Highsmith's performance? He seemed to be backing up all this hype he's getting from what he's been doing in camp. Well, he's a guy that, and really, when you when you think about it, even though he's a he's a second year player, he comes in as a starter. I mean, he's an incumbent yep. starter, and and he he it was typical last year when he came in, made a couple of splash plays after Bud Dupree went down, and then I think his play leveled off to some degree. But uh, you know, it looks like he's taking advantage of the training camp, and he did what a he even though he's not that experienced, he did what an experienced guy should do in a game like that, which is to take advantage of inferior opposition. I thought he looked like, and maybe this is kind of a Tomlinism, you know, he looked like a varsity player on a JV defense. I mean, you noticed him. I mean, he was, obviously, he was the starter that was put in with these other guys, and you could tell because of the way he played. I, I thought he was really, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about him, and I thought he, he had backed that up. And one other quick point, because normally my good points come way after the fact. One thing to remember with the middle linebackers, they're running with a defensive line that's not normal. That wasn't weren't taking up a lot of blockers. So, in fairness to them, they got probably a lot more heat from offensive linemen than they normally would. Um, but back to Highsmith, yeah, I thought Highsmith was. Uh, I, I thought he was so noticeable in that game, and even plays that he didn't make. And I didn't think when he rushed that he got far out of his gap. Like he stayed gap in, with gap integrity on his side and didn't just get pushed out to the end. I think the big thing with Haskins, or not with Haskins, with Highsmith, excuse me, is that, uh, you know, last year he had a lot of splash. He had some good plays. He had a big interception in the one game. Uh, he filled in nicely for Bud Dupree. He obviously didn't match Bud Dupree's production when he left uh, with the injury midway through the year. 
Uh, but I think one thing with Highsmith, and, and he's been gotten a lot of praise and accolades from the PFFs of the world and and such, but I think one area was in the run game he struggled. He got moved around a little bit and, and kind of lost his way against the run last year. I think he's coming to camp here and in this first preseason game. I saw him out there in the field last night and thought to myself, I mean, he looks huge. He looks massive. Like he put on a ton of weight, a ton of muscle. I, I think that's probably something that will help him against the run this year and, and not only – uh, you know, trying to bull rush some of these these tackles, but trying to stand up stout in the run game as well. And well, guys, I, the, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Right. They make they're supposed to make that. And actually, when you think about it, uh, guys like him are still they're still growing. I mean, they're still growing yeah. young men, yeah. uh, th- which is something that we forget about because even in, as college players, these guys are, are relatively jacked. But but they can make you know they can make strides as pros, and maybe that's a really good example of it where he's still growing into himself. They don't have the weight programs, uh, and no offense to Charlotte, but they don't have the weight programs that some of the, the big schools have. Um, they don't have the opportunities, and yeah, I agree. I look at him, and I there's two guys that have stood out in that regard to me, him and Zach Gentry. I mean, Gentry's had its over the time that he's been here, um, and he's getting a lot of opportunities. But, you know, we're getting close on time. When are we talking about this punter? Come on. I was going to say, I was going yeah. to transition here. Uh, one of the other stars of the game has to be uh, Presley Harvin the third, the uh, rookie Georgia Tech punter. He was phenomenal, guys. And you know, some people people were a little mean on Twitter talking about Jordan Berry that they were just saying, "Hey, he better you know pack his bags. He's ready to go." See ya. That ha- has Presley Harvin won this punting job after one preseason game because he was fantastic last night. I mean, the 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 the, the pooch punt, the little chip, you know, as 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 Jim said with a fifty degree wedge, you know, kind of plopping it up there and, and getting it to pin down right at the one foot line was outstanding and one of the best punts I've seen by a Steeler punter in in years. Uh, has this guy, I mean, you don't draft a punter unless he's going to be your guy, right? What do you think, Jeff? Um, well, they drafted Sepulveda uh, and, he, and he did stick, but not for long. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I think those plays, the play at the one yard line is nice. I mean, you're relying on a bounce as much as you can try to plan for that. And sure, you know, sure. It, there's some luck involved in that play. However, the other punts, one downed at the 10, one downed at the 11, and they were good hang time angled punts. Uh, it, really, his worst one was the one that ended up being a turnover, uh, and it was and it ended up being a 51-yarder that, that did bounce and went into the uh, to the Dallas player that Anthony Johnson recovered. But, uh, yeah, I thought he was solid. His holds were good. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good, good day for Presley Harvin and – uh, maybe some vindication to Kevin Colbert for using a draft pick on a punter. Well, the, I think for the most part, though, that any kind of competition that they've had in training camp sessions has been pretty even. Um, and and Harvin, but Harvin was better in the game last night and more consistent than than he has been in practices. And I'm not sure what's going to happen. I I was a little bit surprised when I saw Harvin come out. Not when I saw him come out and get the first half. I just thought the second half would belong to Barry, but it didn't. And and I don't know how much that they'll go to Barry here in the in, in in the second game at Philly, but hey, they used a draft pick on the guy. So basically, I, even though Jordan Barry's been here for quite a while, it's Percy Harvin's job to lose, right? I mean, that's yeah. the, that's the only way you can look at it. And Kale, quickly, I, I thought Jordan Barry has has prepared for the competition. Like he came into camp ready. I thought he was kicking well. I mean, he was kicking a lot of times, kick for kick with Harvin, and in some cases better. And you know, he's the veteran holder which I don't know how much, you know, that affects Boswell uh, because Boswell didn't kick in this game, so we don't know how he would interact with Harvin. But uh, this would be, a, you know, if, if Barry gets game two and he kicks really well, 
Uh, I still think there's a competition there. Jimmy, you had something to add there? Not really. We're talking about punters, Kale. I mean, we've pretty much. <laughs> well, you look like you were chomping at the bit to, to, to weigh in more way, on Trevor Harvin the third. How about Matthew Sexton? I mean, oh, that's and, right. And, I made that call. I, 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 credit, he had I did make the call. He had article on 937thefan.com and said you're going to get a big return from Matthew Sexton. What are, what are, I, his, what are his teammates I, calling him again in training camp? The other wide receivers have given him a nickname? Oh, I haven't heard. It's like cheddar or something. I don't. I don't know. It's funny, and and they they feature on their TikToks and Switz. stuff. Yeah, no, I don't that know. was I don't know. that was the other guy. Um, but uh, no, I he's I don't know. I mean, I you know the only reason I predicted that was because the other day the last the last practice that we saw and they had the guys punting. He was the guy that was back there catching them, and I thought, oh, wouldn't this be cute? And he has made some plays, uh, and not that he's gonna you know. But I remember Rico Bussy who. You know, I thought might catch a touchdown last night. He didn't. But Rico Bussey had that one big day at training camp. And when I asked Tomlin about him, he said, well, yeah, he made a couple catches. And then he goes, well, why don't you ask about Matthew Sexton? Because I guess he had made some plays the game, you know, the practice before. And uh, so, you know, so we, we, we gave Sexton a little love here. And I'm sure he appreciates it. It's a little thing, but I think it's telling. When Sexton had that return, that sidelines went nuts. Yeah. Like the the entire group that tells you how much they appreciate you know how hard he's worked appreciate his efforts um, I mean they were going crazy for the guy when he had that return uh, which tells me how he's getting along in the room and how hard he works I think that's a little side to me and and even if Matthew Sexton doesn't end up making the team that'll be a memory of his that will last a lifetime that he he broke off a long punt return in the Hall of Fame game in a preseason game for the Pittsburgh Steelers but guys. We got one game in the books, one coming up next Thursday, uh, just uh, six days away. The Steelers traveling to traveling to Philly. Maybe we'll see a little Jalen Hurts. Uh, maybe we'll see a little Steven Nelson, who a uh, former Steeler <laughs> is now in Philadelphia. We'll see how he's shaping up uh, in, a, in, a, in a dark green uh, uniform for Philadelphia. But one in the books uh, last night. We'll be back on Monday to break down some of the new storylines, what we're expecting on Thursday of next week, and even some of the, what goes on in these practices over the weekend at Heinz Field. But for our Steelers insiders, Jim Colony and Jeff Hathorne, read all of their coverage at 93.7thefan.com. I'm Kale Berger. We thank you for joining us for another edition of Pittsburgh Training Camp Live. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergies dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. 
Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.